Hello and welcome to Kingdom Conversations, a ministry of Faith Covenant Church. We are so excited to have you today as we talk about all things related to the Kingdom of God. Hello and welcome back to Kingdom Conversations. My name is Mary Arnold and I'm so excited that you are here to join us today. Um, We're talking about spiritual maturity. We have a theme, you've been hearing different um, situations. And today we are talking specifically about how does spiritual maturity play into mission trips and missions in general. And I'm so excited about our guests that we have. And so I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about how God has moved in your life. Like, why do you love mission trips? And I'm going to start to my left right here. All right. Well, I'm Alex. I'm one of the pastors here at Faith Covenant. And when it comes to to spiritual maturity and mission trips, I think there's quite a bit of room at the table uh, for for people at different stages of maturity to go on them. And depending on the mission trip, different people will be built up or be able to lead in different ways. Uh, and for me, uh, when I think of of, of myself and uh, my experiences in missions. What was the question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, when I think of, of myself, though, in, in mission trip settings, when it comes to spiritual maturity, one of the things I really, really love to see, and I know we're going to talk about this later, is people who are just piecing together mm. what it means to live out their faith, to be sent, to go, and they're experiencing all the cultural changes or whatever may happen in the mission trip context context as well while that is happening and it's a powerful opportunity for things to be cemented to be built to establish a foundation uh and then for people who are very spiritually mature who have lots of experiences i really think mission trips present an opportunity for them to see to lead to pray Mm -hmm. and to depend on the holy spirit in ways that Uh, staying at home, maybe they should do that, but it helps to reinforce the things that they have already learned and become mature in. And and for me, that's, that's how I usually sit in most mission trip contexts and kind of in that place. I love that. So I'm going to throw in an extra quick question. What was your first mission trip? Uh, Well, my first mission trip, whether I should count it or not, was uh, to Mexico. I went many, many times when I was young. Uh, but I, I'm talking about the sort of context where the church went, my parents went, my grandparents went. Mm. I'm a little kid playing in a canal with the locals, just wow. local kids. I, not so much a participant, so much as just a member of the community. Awesome. It's the first time I realized and wrestled with what it means to live where a different language is spoken. Because mm. I ask, the story I always tell is I... I, I asked my grandma, how do you say I'm hungry in Spanish? Because I was so hungry. And I ran into the pastor's uh, house and his wife was there. And I, I said, you know, I am, I'm hungry in Spanish. And then she started speaking in Spanish to me and pointing at things on the wall. And I freaked out because I didn't know what I was supposed to say afterwards. So, oh. so then I turned around and ran out of the house. But uh, yeah, so my mission trip history goes back pretty far when you I was very young. You went and got grandma. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to introduce our second guest today. Yep. I'm Dave uh, I uh, Johnson. I'm the chair of the missions committee at Faith Covenant Church. And 
I have just a long history in working with other people um, in other cultures, primarily South America, uh, but elsewhere as well. And as a missions committee chair, I'm excited about Faith Covenant looking to find opportunities that have a broad range of experiences so that someone can come in with very little experience and feel at home and yet we have experiences where people who have been on multiple missions trips are challenged as well but the goal always is to get people to serve um and i i guess my comments will be shorter than alex's but (laughs) but i you know i have a heart for that I think people grow when we serve. Yeah. I think that's tricky too, isn't it? To try to find a place where people that are brand new and people that have a ton of experience, that integration. Yes. And and also to marriage that with their giftedness. Mm. So what we're looking to do is find if people want to work with their hands, they can work with their hands. If they want to work... Um, more in evangelism they could work more in evangelism i I have an interesting story out of the bible that's kind of always led me i'm going to use it in our committee meeting tomorrow night um but back in exodus the israelites were were going to fight amalek and there were four characters joshua was going to do the fighting and moses aaron and her walk up the mountain and moses is supposed to hold out his staff and when he does the battle goes is in israel's favor and when his arms grow tired and the staff is lowered it goes in amalek's favor the key people in that story are aaron and her who hold up moses's arms and so often i think in missions we get caught up in the fact that we want to be a Moses or we want to be a Joshua. But the key people in that story are her and Aaron. And and I love that. That is a powerful story. And it's the heart behind going into these. Yes. Yes, very much so. What was your first mission trip? All right. Well, kind of like Alex. So my aunt was a career missionary. And we went to visit her in 1968 in Ecuador. And I was a early teenager, 13, 14 years old. And I had many of the same experiences as Alex did. Um, it's that cultural thing yeah. at the beginning. Over time, you just learn that, you know what, and, and people are different, but we're also mostly the same. That's awesome. And you just work with that. I love that. I think something that would be a natural segue is to talk about where today we're talking about spiritual maturity and the role that it plays in mission trips. And you guys have already begun to talk about that. You get to come in where you're at, but uh, we have a key teaching of the five C's. And so Alex, for somebody that maybe this is their first time hearing our podcast, they're not familiar. Would you just run us through that? And then will you talk about like what C normally starts to find interest in a mission trip? Yeah. uh, Well, the five C's, there'll be a quiz on this at the end, I'm (laughs) sure. Uh, The five C's, it's it's a simple tool. It's a spectrum, really, is what it is. 
of of determining basically spiritual maturity or how connected someone is to Christ, where they walk in their walk with Christ. And so the the first C is the just community. You know, you're you're out there, you're in the community, you're not connected at all to Christ to the church. You move up to the second C. That's the crowd. So this might be someone who shows up to a special service or something, or maybe their neighbor goes to the church. So they have some sort of association. They have an awareness. Maybe people in the family are Christian. They're a little bit closer. When you get to the 3C, this is someone who is convinced. They are convinced Jesus is Lord, and they've made the choice to follow them. Somewhere between the crowd and the convinced, they've made a decision for Christ. Now, that doesn't mean they've figured much out when we're talking about spiritual maturity, we'd say this is a born-again Christian who is is the young infant, you know, the milk <laughs> is Where still there. Where each of us start. We're Absolutely. all there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You move up to the 4C and you get committed. These are people who are working out a little bit more. All right, I believe. What does God call me specifically to? How has he crafted me? How has he gifted me? And so they start exploring these places of service. Mm. And then the, the 5C is a core Christian, we would say. This is someone who is still wrestling, but the life of being a Christian is much more ingrained, natural. They figured out the areas I need to depend on God. They understand their vices. They repent quickly. They also understand where they serve and where they need to continue to serve more more so. You know, I'm speaking in generalities. When it comes to where in that spectrum does someone become interested in in serving or in missions work i do think that it it's could be anywhere in the spectrum actually someone in the community and i've seen this will show up to i i heard the church was doing some service project or something somehow it was advertised sometimes this is an anomaly wow. that can happen though but as you move up the spectrum you find that the involvement the intentionality the desire mm-hmm. to serve increases and it and it should increase when we talk about missions specifically within within the church lots of times we are looking at of course the 3c the 4c and the 5c people who are christians not that all our trips exclude christians there are things we do for sure that if you bring your neighbor who is not saved there's still a place for them in fact it's awesome to surround a neighbor who's unsaved with believers mm-hmm. in a context that they might be more comfortable in rather than coming in through the church door so there's a there's a place for that uh, so I would say it depends on the individual, okay. Uh, but it also depends on how they're being led. Are they being encouraged? Are they being pushed? Are they having the opportunities uh, put in front of them so that they recognize being a Christian is not about showing up to church. It's not just about reading the Bible. When we talk about the great commission and the command to go and make disciples. There's these spheres of where does that happen? And so, yeah, your own home is certainly one of them, but your neighborhood, your schools, where you work, all these are also places. And uh, so as we disciple people, which that's really ultimately what it is, we're making disciples who make disciples, which drives missions. Yeah. So Dave, when you were introducing yourself and you were talking about people coming in with these different giftings, how do you identify where they're at and then be 
and purposefully then develop that? Well, that's a that's an interesting question. I I think well, first of all, in all of the missions trips that we have at FCC, we have preliminary meetings that where we discuss what will happen on the trip. To the best of our knowledge, there are always things that come out of the blue, um, and and we ask people their how they um, how how they feel about that, but how they might feel they will interact with that. In other words, where is their giftedness going to interact with where this trip is going? So much of what happens on a trip is unknown. Mm-hmm. We can plan and plan, but in the end, God's spirit really is in charge. In all the trips I've been on, I have never been disappointed by what happens. Yeah. And that's kind of the excitement of it. Um, yeah. Wow. What a, what a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. How has God, I'm going to throw this out to either one of you, how has God developed you through mission trips? Where do you see that he has grown you through your experiences? Well, interestingly enough, at Faith, uh, Deb and I are relatively new members. Uh, we needed to learn people's names. We needed to meet people. Uh, small groups are great. Uh, Prime Timers has been a great one for us. But for me, to really get to know a person well, you go on a missions trip with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You worship with them. You find out their strengths by just observation. Um, it's, it's exciting, yeah. actually, because you really start to see the heart of the church. Yes. Not just the individual, but the church. Um, I just have to share that when you just said that, one of my memories from my mission trip to Detroit was looking over and Gail Lancaster was with us. And I had known her at church. But I saw her sitting on the floor, and there were, her um, granddaughter was in her lap, and it was in the quiet moment after a very long day in the heat, and she was just reading a book to her. And I will never forget that moment. It was so tender. And I told her, I said, I think of that every time I see you. I wouldn't experience that with her just attending church. It's seeing them in these quiet moments. How about you, Alex? The cool moments on mission trips that... I love for myself and I covet on behalf of other people that I that I usually share is when you are in a place that is unfamiliar where God is being worshipped, maybe in somewhat similar but somewhat different ways, especially if it's in a language that is different than your own. When you are in that place where you don't fully understand what is being said or the the ways in which people are lifting their hands or not or moving and you're open to what God would speak to you, and you just feel God moving. You feel the Holy Spirit stirring your heart, and you don't even know fully what's going on. I think it really expands yeah. your understanding of how great and how awesome, and God is everywhere, and He is moving, and He is faithful, not just at Faith Covenant, not just in your own life, but in in the lives of people everywhere. And for me regardless of mission trip, that is one of the moments I'm always looking for, which then means you got to be praying, God, whatever you have for me. Yes. 
Yeah. You know, it's so funny as I'm sitting here and I'm um, listening, I have a memory and I've shared this with you before, but I probably haven't shared it with a whole lot of people. And that was my uh, third son went on a mission trip to Costa Rica two years ago. And, um, and he loves to play guitar, but he's learning and he's developing that. And I know that Pastor Alex comes from a music background and can do it fluently. And I'll never forget, I was sitting on my couch. We had been praying for the mission trip. I don't even know what day it was. And these stories started coming through on Instagram and on um, Facebook. And there is Seth up on stage and they're singing in a different language. And I see him worshiping and playing. And um, it brought tears to my eyes because when he was born, a woman from church, I was a newer believer, came and she prayed over this child. I have four and this is the one child she prayed. And she said, I pray that Seth would go places mom and dad never go, talk to people mom and dad will never talk to and do things. And I just remember crying. And so Seth got home and I was telling him just what a sweet moment that was. And you know what he said to me? He said, you know what was really cool was he said, Alex could get up there and totally do that, but he wouldn't. He had me do that. And I thought that is the heart of a developer. When we talk about spiritual maturity, you, God used you, Alex, to play a part. And I'm thinking that's a great example of, Dave, when you were talking about people that are coming in, right? Right. Absolutely. The the other thing I think I would tag on to what Alex said is this whole concept of blessing. We go on missions trips with the idea that we are going to bless someone else. Mm. And we do. But almost invariably, the one who is most blessed is the person who goes on the trip. Um, And that's not just in missions. That's in how we serve at church, teaching. The teacher always learns more than the students because they're they're spending time in the word and they're 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 you know, letting it breathe to them. Yes. Um, missions trips are like that. You go on a missions trips or a missions trip and you are the one that is blessed. Can can I cut in here yeah. really quickly? Um, when it comes to like who who's ready to serve? Who's ready to go? And if you're asking yourself that question, we're tying really close to, to the answer to that, that in go we learn by going we learn mm-hmm. by serving in fact that is part of discipleship you don't have to hit a certain mark in order to be qualified yes i always say when you look at matthew chapter 10 jesus sends out the 12 and we kind of joke that it's their first mission trip and he sends them out with nothing <laughs> Basically, and they're 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 preaching the message like they have they have a script to follow. But what is Jesus teaching them? Really, he's he's teaching them like what do you need and how do you depend on God and just trust God's going to provide because you're going and just hoping someone's going to open their home, someone's going to provide for you. They're learning other things as well. Like how do you learn that? outside of going outside of actually doing and so we see the heart of christ is that we would serve that we would go and if we're waiting for some moment i think jesus says in how he disciples that's that's not my plan that might be your plan or your comfort or something that's a different voice speaking than the voice of jesus so i encourage people to go 
I think that was probably my favorite answer so far because um, the encouragement there is come as you are. And isn't that what Jesus always says? We get to come as we are and then he does all the work. And so maybe you're going to have people like you said, Dave, at the beginning of this podcast who have never been on a mission trip and they're going to get to be with people who have a confidence because they've done it before. Not a confidence in themselves, but a confidence in they've seen it play out before. Isn't life like that? Mm -hmm. We look to others to model. Um, So yeah, I think it's simple, really. If you were, if somebody is listening to the podcast today and um, maybe they've been at Faith Covenant or any church, wherever they're at, and they want to get involved with missions, a lot of times what I'll hear is, how do you do a missions trip? So what would you say? Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, the easy answer, of course, is you can just reach out to one of us (laughs) and ask, uh, because we do have mission trips going. We have opportunities to serve. We might have a student ministry trip where they they need an extra leader, which you don't want to sign up the week before. That's not an option. The other thing, really where we're going right now is trying to encourage if you're part of a small group or maybe you want to do something with your family, lots of our energy is going into how do we develop trips locally as well as elsewhere that are very well suited for groups to go. And and so I, so there's two parts of this answer, I guess is first of all, ask. Um, but second of all, are you isolating yourself? Is there already someone going or some place that you're part of? Because again, Jesus, when he sends out the disciples, they're, they're paired up at least they got somebody with them. And so I would encourage you, like, who is it? Who is it that you're you're going with? Wow. And if you have nobody, yeah. though, I talk to uh, us. One hundred percent, talk talk to us. Absolutely. Uh, but we have resources of like the places to volunteer and serve locally outside the church walls, um, and so we'd love to talk to you and connect you. Yeah, we would love to help people explore. Um, I would encourage people to look at their what do they have a passion for. You know, one one of the areas I'm currently exploring right now, our committee isn't even aware of it, is um, child care, mm-hmm. orphanages. Wow. Um, but yeah, there's so so that's one thing. A person might have a passion for that. We've currently been exploring Echo Farms down in North Fort Myers, and there, if people have a green thumb and they want to get their hands dirty, there's there's potential there for that. And then on the other hand, like at KICY or at Echo Farms or at any of these places, orphan, they all need skilled labor to maintain their buildings. And so there's that opportunity. In addition to all of that, you also have the evangelism part of it that comes when you're meeting people, but you have to build relationships. To, to be able to effectively communicate God's love for another person, yes. right? Yes. So, yeah, opportunities abound. But what we want people to do is come to us, A, that they have the desire, and, and B, what, what, do they, what, what do they want? What do they want out of that experience? What can they offer the experience, and what do they want out of it? So when you say the building relationships, because I agree with that, you have to have the relationship to have permission to have those uh, those conversations to go deep. You can start the conversation anywhere. With that said, do you repeat mission trips so that you can continue to build relationships? Do you go back? Yes, certainly that's the goal. 
Um, with Ecuador, I think Alex and I have talked a lot about that. We, we have picked a community with missionaries we've supported for years, and we want to grow our relationship in that community. Uh, we've also talked about it in relationship to KICY. We've talked about what it is in KICY? KICY is a radio station in Alaska mm. that broadcasts across the Bering Sea mm -hmm. into Russia, um, but they also serve Western Alaska. Um, again, it's a, it's a mission that the church has supported for years, yeah. but most people aren't aware of it. At the same time, I, d I don't want to let go of that local. We have the Dream Center in Leelman, yeah. and there are all kinds of opportunities there, and people need Jesus. So the Dream Center, Alex, you can add in more, too, on this one, but... They're serving a community that really is not an organized community. They don't have a post office. There is no um, grocery store in that community. And so what the Dream Center does is it starts to provide some of those um, community services mm -hmm. for people. It's also a community that is very poor and very transient. This community is 20 blocks, 20 blocks from the church. Yeah, so it's it's in our backyard, and I think one of the things I would address a potential fear of someone looking to step into serving or missions work. Um, sometimes we romanticize or hear the most extreme stories of mission trips, what goes wrong, what goes great, but. Uh, even if it's a great story, it's because that person was up in front of a thousand people or something and someone might look at themselves and be like, that's not me. Yeah. And, and what we're saying here is like, well, who are you? And one of our, our jobs, our roles is to locate or help connect you to the place that we're not, we don't want you to be totally comfortable. Yes. I do want to be honest and upfront yeah. about that because we want you to grow, so good. but we're not throwing you also into the den of lions. Like yes. the first mission trip for the disciples is a relatively safe trip. Mm -hmm. People were hospitable and open. They might not have been receptive to the message, but Jesus eases them into it. No, like this is not Jerusalem during times of persecution. This is not, you know, the Acts church where there's all sorts of things going on. Jesus steps people into it, and we want to care for people that way, too. And if we go back to the Dream Center, <clears throat> so my earlier story about Aaron and her, right? Yeah. You can be an Aaron or a her and go and pack food into boxes. Yes. And you're serving. You're yeah. serving people who are suffering and hurting and hungry. Yes. Um, you can also be a Moses or a Joshua and go out in the community and and evangelize. Yes. Right? Yeah. And there are opportunities through the Dream Center to do that. Yeah. Um, you can go and serve uh, as on their regular staff. So... Yeah, we don't all need to be Moses. Yeah. It's what I'm getting. That's the at. perfect example. We That's don't. a great way to tie it in. So I absolutely love the heart behind this. So quick question. We have like one minute left. <laughs> what would you say needs to be the posture of the heart? Because I think sometimes our expectations going in either set us up for failure or put us in a position of pride. So what is the posture of a heart going into any mission trip? For me, it's always that God's will be done. Yeah. I, so I, I can't say it any simpler than yes. that. 
Um, too often I have my agenda and I have to be willing to let go of my agenda. Which goes back to what you were sharing earlier that never does a mission trip go the way we plan. Never. That's the beat. Never. Yeah. Anything you'd say? My prayer, every single mission trip, God, help me to see what you would want me to see, to hear what you would want me to hear, and for my heart to feel what you would want me to feel. And so it's really about God's will being. It's the same prayer. I just pray it a little bit differently. So regardless of what happens, regardless of what goes sideways, God, just show me what it is that you're trying to reveal to me. And and then can I just be faithful in whatever that is? Wow. If I had to personalize what I heard here today, it's that we go in expecting it not to go the way we want, <laughs> but to anticipate the beauty of that. Yes. yes. And and really to see God in all yeah. of it. Yeah. It goes yeah. God's way. Yeah. Maybe not our way. Yeah. 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 That's so good. Well, thank you, audience, for being here today. Thank you, Dave, um, as the chair of the missions committee, being here. So you are somebody that somebody could reach out to and Absolutely. you can help them. Yep. Thank you, Pastor Kev or ba- Pastor Alex, yeah. for um, <laughs> being here and then helping us to have this vision and this heart to really reach others for Christ and for us to grow in our walk as well. Thank you for listening to Kingdom Conversations. We look forward to you joining us next week.